it's a who knows what day as I feel hey hey as I'm inside with my friend. He's in another house. He's got another spouse. Don't I look like a big fat mouse? My name's Matt Gorley. And I'm Mark McConville. You're listening to Pistol Shrimps Radio, the only podcast that used to be a basketball podcast and is now a stay-at-home dad podcast. Only none of us have kids. And my email just yeah. went off. Oh, that's your kid saying, hey, you don't know about me, but your mom was named Tuscaloosa Minnie. Actually, it's my mom. In a lot of ways, anyway, in a lot of ways my emails are my kids. Mm-hmm. I have to tend they to need- them. Yeah. I have to teach them. I have to direct them. I have to clean their butts. How you holding up there, pal? (laughs) We're doing jigsaw puzzles and embroidery over here, and I won't say who's doing which. I have a pretty good idea. We have a jigsaw puzzle still in the cellophane wrapping. Haven't taken it out yet. Well, if it's never opened, it's never undone. Huh? What? I don't know. I'm doing this series of these collage jigsaw puzzles like one's the 70s one's vintage cereals one's oh, yeah. uh california places they're kind of easy because they're they're very diverse in imagery is that what you're telling me yeah like each piece has a pretty clear picture of what where it goes but they're thousand piecers oh you're doing thousanders oh yeah you're doing any game we're playing cribbage a little bit uh we played um stratego you last time we talked matt you were trying to get Amanda to play Stratego, and you finally cracked that egg? Yeah, it was pretty fun. We want to sit down and really get into backgammon. I think I may have told this story before. We did that once, but we each had a few gin and tonics and couldn't understand the directions. So. And I played that as a kid. I just can't remember how. I feel like we talked about this previously on Pistol Shrimps Radio. Um, I think so. Where Charlize Theron is a huge backgammon player, like a ruthless gambler. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. And I played it once on an airplane. I decided I'm going to use the in-seat entertainment monitor to try to learn how to play. And I lost every time. I did not understand. There was no tutorial. It was just Were like... Were you playing the like autopilot? Yeah, I was playing the computer. The, the autopilot on the computer? Yeah, on the, the little guy in the old screen. <laughs> Hello, I'm Gary Kasparov, autopilot, chess <laughs> champion, and airplane backgammon opponent if you're good at chess are you good at backgammon just automatically i think chances are right because of game theory probably i mean they're not that close but if you're good at chess i wonder if you're good at stratego because stratego is really just the dumb man's chess sure if you're good at chess and ergo good at stratego are you then good at the masked singer i know i'm real good at the masked singer I, yeah, I don't know about Stratego and chess. Stratego, I'm okay at. It's been years since I've played chess. I'm trying to get Amanda to play chess. There's some but strategy just... to Masked Singer, though. You want to you mean... you do an accent when you're doing your clue package. Oh, you're saying playing the Masked Yeah, being singer, on not... the mask, being a contestant, playing the game. You want to pick diverse songs. You want to change oh, yeah. up your voice if you can. Nobody's really excelling. This season. I bet you the well, I I'm surprised. I'm surprised people didn't learn a lot from the first season. Also, I'm not watching the second season, so I I don't know. Well, you've already missed it because we're into the third season, pal. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Were any of the masked singers Danger Mouse and they took off their mask and it was still a guy in a mask? Or no, Daft but Punk? that that would be a great idea. Yeah. 
or Gorilla Kid, the country music yeah. legend. <laughs> we watched uh, The Invisible Man. How? How? It's out on VOD. How were you able to see it? Oh, right. We did, didn't see the movie. Did you put what spray we paint on him? I put a bucket of flour above the doorway. <laughs> and when he opened it, he came in. And he's been walking around our house. It's the craziest thing. And I'm I'm guessing he's just getting flour everywhere. Yeah, among other things. Yeah, it's a regular because paper the, mache. That flour it's paper covered mache. every part of his body. <laughs> he's an elephant guy. Um, but I want to share some of the the um, theories the Manda was spitballing when it she sounded said, like he just said the Manda. The Mando. <laughs> I'm I'm running on low capacity over here. Uh, I'm cutting short words for efficiency and charging batteries. And shutting court words. And she said that she was just spitballing, but she wasn't joking. And she was saying, if I was being stalked by an invisible man, I would sleep in a room of coffins. So... I knew that I no one was inside it with me, but I was like, "What? Why what? a room of, why a room of coffins? Well, so that the Invisible Man wouldn't know which one I was in." But I'm like, "But they have to be coffins," and she was just trying to think of something slow and encased. That I'm like, "Why not just like a sleeping bag?" <laughs> well, because there's, uh, there, that's a formless object that you give form by getting into. That's so you'd have true. to stuff all the sleeping bags with pumpkin skins. Skins? Yeah. <laughs> you guys need to talk. You're making about as much sense as each other. You'd have to make it look like there's a body in each sleeping bag. Right. And to do that, you'd need to collect a lot of pumpkin skins. I see. I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Matt. So, yeah. You want to go through some emails that people have sent into our show? That's what we've been doing lately, is just reading a bunch of emails from a time when it was fine to just hop in your car, go down to Arby's, hug the assistant manager, and drink Sprite off of his neck. I'm not sure that was ever okay at Arby's. You're right, Wendy's. Yeah. Yeah. So again, these emails are coming from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, but we might as well go through a couple of these. Do you think we'll catch up to coronavirus times in this episode? Well, this is uh, the latest. I'm sorry. The the furthest back these emails go is the end of February. So we're technically already in coronavirus times. Wow. We're Here's, close. This is wild. We taped, uh, we have DVR and we DVR'd uh, a movie of some kind, but it had commercials and the video, it taped on... Uh, February 11th, and there was a coronavirus commercial. Whoa, that's crazy. I've noticed like all the car commercials are the same, except they've redone the voiceovers to say, like, in this time, Chrysler LeBaron GTE wishes you and yours a Merry Christmas. We're thinking of decorating for Christmas over here. I mean, just, why not? Just go ahead. I who's know. Gonna, who's, I mean, where are you going to get a pine tree, though? I mean, sorry, a fir. A fur uh, yeah, tree. I mean, everything but a tree. Maybe we'll order a fake tree, which I know is a cardinal sin, but these are extenuating circumstances. Yeah, maybe the invisible man can help you. 
that dick is covered in flour. <laughs> All right, this is a Daniel Christensen email. This might be some weird improv po fa. Faux pas. Yeah. But hey, Mark, what's your Kubich impression like? Hmm. Oh, I come on. Can you and Matt both do Kubich voice at each other for a bit? About three minutes should do it for me. All right. Thanks, it's Daniel. 3, 27, 28, 29, and 12, all three, 30 seconds. How are you doing? Mice doing pretty goose. How is you doing? I, I got the crime in my church in. You got a cramp in your church key? Yach. Oh, no. Say, what did. What did you get when you cross an alapinch with a rhinos? Palatonches. That's right. <laughs> I can't you do this for three it. minutes. How do you do it for 30 seconds? Uh, we're not done yet. Come on, <laughs> stick it together. A ditch. It's- we're almost stuck at a minoch. You like a go jokes? A what jokes? Hold on. Uh oh, he gets in a books. I got this 99 spotted jokes for kids. Yeah, I love 99 sported jokes for kids. We are 1 minute 10 seconds. Watch goes put, 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 put. Oh no, you frozen. I hope you come back. Oh no, our Skype is going to go. connection. <laughs> Are you talking on your Uh-oh. edge? I cannot tell. This will be an interesting moment. Uh oh, Dark Joker. Um, well. Oh, no. I talk because Mark froze. I cannot hear him. And I know unpress record. I hope he un- no unpress record touch. I keep talking in cage. He is not. Uh oh, he gone. I'm going to recall him. Uh oh. Well, whatever you're hearing now means that we couldn't Kubich for three minutes, but not because we couldn't Kubich for three minutes, but because our internet froze and it's now about 30 minutes later. I believe those sound waves crushed the internet. Kubich bandwidth is heavy. It's the same thing as downloading a 48K version of The Winds of War. So that's what happens when you have two Kubiches. There's only really room for one. It Well, it's kind of like the Sith. There's can be only two. There's a master and an apprentice. But what we were doing was both master Kubiching. So, and that will unload anything. So that's from Daniel Christensen. That was his request. And Daniel, you ruined our lives. At least for 10 minutes while I threw my router out the window and made one out of tree bark. Daniel Christensen single-handedly brought down the internet.
in this our time of need. Let's move on. We just got an email from this fellow Adam, and it's just the subject line, Lucky Day. Oh, yeah, because we remember? couldn't remember. Yeah, I, I got st- a few people reach out. Didn't we even tell people not to send us that? We sure did, but you know what? People oh. are going to do what they're going to do. What a prick. This is an email from Darcy Van Maurick. hi yi yi Hello, I'm sorry for adding to the mailbag. You don't have to be sorry. I'm just hoping it's not too late. It isn't. I'm hoping you can give a shout out to my boyfriend, Michael Jarka. Okay. I'll give a shout out to anyone named Jarka. Yeah, and if your name is Darcy Van Mauerick, I'm going to do it twice. What's up, Michael Jarka? Anyway. I think Jarka's abundance of consonant sounds in his last name make up for the apparent missing consonant sound in the middle of Darcy Van Marorar's. No, I'm I'm willing to tempt the fates again, but I feel like Michael Jarka is an ultimate Kubitsch name. Michael Jarka! (laughs) Which means his name is actually just Michael Jara. He and I lived in sunny San Diego, but he recently moved to Maryland. We could spend endless hours listening to Super Ego and Pistol Shrimps any chance we got. We even yell at each other, hi yi yi from different rooms in his apartment. Thanks for the endless laughs and constant joy you brought us. Politely, gro- politely go screw. hi yo That's just a stri- That's just a nice thing to do. Michael, Darcy, hope you're doing well. We got an email here from Bryant Talon. No questions. Just wanted to say I'm eating a Boston Market frozen lunch thing while I'm listening to the mailbag 22620. I think I fell into the matrix when Boston Market was brought up. Love you guys, Bryant. He was eating a country now, fried beef steak from Boston Market. I can send you the picture. That's how you do that's how you do an email. You just go, I'm eating Boston Market. That's right. <laughs> hey, I got an email from our good friend of the show, Dustin Kreft, who sent us an email about his state of affairs and we uh, It all really resonated with us, and he seems to be doing very well, and I was super glad to hear it. That's good. Good old Dustin Kraft. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Dustin Kraft. This is uh, from Kane Prince. This is The subject is free throw scripture I read once. Okay. In T. Bradia's 529, it was said that two not-so-much sports talkers came down from Shrimps Mountain bearing gifts of anvils, stompers, and table whiskey. They shed fun lights on the hearts of all the good guys and burls, oh, good goys and burls, and put so many basketball points in the round hoops of their souls. They were forever praised throughout the land of Mabugiism, and so the villagers of the land sent them offerings of sacrificial watermelon kids and milk for some goddamned reason. Let the names of McGorley and Conville never be uttered without reverence, for they've brought so much joy onto this dick world. And so is the word of the good book by Mr. God, forever a fan, Cain Prince. And so down from the mountain came a gaggle of your brethren, all wearing those earlobe plugs, but not in a cultural way, but more of a Blink-182 way, and they were given unto themselves leanings on each other and all slanted at a tentpole position. And it was early that morning that Emperor PewDiePie came down from (laughs) Halo Mountain to take aim at the governors who had wronged him in a 
four-on-four cosplay thing that they did in Atlanta one summer. And Milo Yanistopoulos, who was everyone's great hero, did a shaving demonstration. Thanks for that free throw scripture. He must have the King Jezebel version of the Bible. I love that version. It's the best translation. This is from Wesley. Black velvet in the soul, southern sky. (laughs) Jesus. That is uh, Alanis Morissette. No, it is not. No. Alana Miles. That's right. A new religion that'll bring you to your knees. Black velvet, if you please. Is she a one-hit wonder, Matt? Is she even a one-hit? I mean... Black Velvet was a hit. But it was like a hit on adult contemporary radio stations, right? Was that... Well, should I just jump to this next email? Yeah, is it about... Speaking of adult contemporary, this is from Mark Lavoie. The subject is Cities 97. Just writing in to give you an update from the Twin Cities, Cities 97 does still exist, but now they just play soft indie type stuff and would never play Walking in Memphis. Love you guys. Can't wait for whatever you come up with next. Save big money at Menards and go screw Mark in Minneapolis. Oh, man. Cities 97 would be where you'd hear Black Velvet by Alana Miles. What Did we talk about that? About what? Cities 97? Yes. Is that a radio station? That's the Twin Cities radio station that's no longer with us. Now it's, you know now it's called The Current called or some shit. Okay. Um, I say go screw to walking in Memphis because what, what we're really talking about here is walk through this world. This is Mark Cohn's follow-up hit single. Matt's doing some world-class chair dancing right here. Writing you this letter from such a hotel I can feel the distance between us From Spanish steps to the Liberty Bell I know the angels have seen the hook and then I'll let you go. That's a Matt, great somebody, American hit. Somebody should get Mark Cohen a bike. <laughs> He's that, walking in that, Memphis. He's walking through the world. Let's get him a car. <laughs> get him an Uber account. Do you think Bus walking pass. in Memphis was such a hit that he went, where else could I walk? Oh, shit. Well, I'll just do the whole world. Like, let me do it of all course. in one song. If walking in Memphis was that big a hit, if I walk through the whole world... I'll have the biggest grossing song of all time. Yeah. 
until the Goo Goo Dolls did Walking Through the Universe. Oh, no. Walk Like an Egyptian. Where, where are these other songs that are specific geographic locational walking film uh, songs? Um, it's obscure, but Kate Micucci has a song called Walking in Los Angeles. And then there's another mm. song called Nobody oh. Walks in Los Angeles, right? Walking in L.A. Walk, that's right. It's called the missing X? persons oh yeah, yeah no that's what it is is it missing persons or I berlin think, it's missing persons yeah, yeah that sounds right i saw uh mark Cohn perform this live at a early morning mark and brian live event <laughs> <laughs> at like six in the morning i saw him do this that means you got up at 4 30 5 o'clock to get somewhere so you could see which was mark no Cohn. easy feat when i was 19 i'm sure I drove from Long Beach to La Cienega Boulevard in Los Angeles <laughs> to see an outdoor concert of Mark Cohn at 6, 7 a.m. And if I know those events, he probably just did maybe three songs, right? He probably right. didn't do a full show. No, and it was just him and a plug-in keyboard. Oh, no. It oh, was no. great. That, that reminds me, we have a friend, Danny Ricker, who works at the Jimmy Kimmel Live Experience. Yeah. And he is a writer there, and he invited me to see a band. Might have been the Avit Brothers. Like he knew I liked the Avit Brothers, uh-huh. and so he said, "Come on down and hang out, and you can see the band." Which was awesome, except they just play a song for TV, and then they played a second song because the crowd's there, and I think they need to, I don't know, move the people out. Like, right. So really, it was just I went to the. TV taping, which was really, really fun, but it's such a disappointment to see this band you like just do two things and then be like, okay, that's it. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this anyway guy does was, that answer your question? I hope so. Well, it's a this will tag onto it nicely. Wesley McAndrew says, anytime you guys mention a song, I've stopped the podcast and go listen so I don't forget. But then Spotify plays similar songs, and the next thing I know, I'm five Waylon Jennings songs deep after a mention of Luke and Bach, Texas. So if you want to completely derail me from whatever episode you're reading this in, hit me up with some obscure song recommendation. Well, how about this? How about that Mark Cohn song? (laughs) That ought to do you. Oh, I can also give you Paper Walls by Mark Cohn, which is about a cheap hotel that you can hear through the other side. I'll give you one Hello Walls by Willie Nelson. Oh, okay. How about The Wall by Magenta Floyd? Um... Do you, speaking of Spotify recommendations, do you and Christina share a YouTube account? Because Amanda and I have had to split YouTube accounts when it comes to watching on Apple TV because I'll get just Housewives and Yoga and she'll get just, you know, like 18 things you'll see in the background of this one shot of a Star Wars movie. <laughs> we have separate accounts. Yeah, all, all, all around. Though recently... We have Amazon Prime, and it seems like it's dumb for us to have that at all, given Amazon's attitudes towards workers and such. But also, why do we both have that when we could just order it? But then it's the same thing. It's like, I don't need... Wait, you you pay for two Amazon Primes? It's dumb, yes. We also... Well, that is dumb. Yeah, but it's not, because how am I going to keep... Well, maybe it's not. Maybe what's we should. what's wrong? What what we have one Amazon Prime and we don't cross it. We don't watch a lot of Amazon Prime. Are you talking about watching or shopping? Both watching and shopping. But 
How does it affect your shopping? And this is what people want to hear. I know. Uh, can't you keep lists? I keep lists and I oh, yeah. buy stuff on Amazon. I don't want to dig through all the stuff. My wa- my wife uses that sometimes for her oh. for her employment. So she is buying a I lot see. of strange stuff. I like see. Like 30 she's quarts a- of human saliva. Yeah, she's a, she's a juice dominatrix. She's a spit doctor. <laughs> One, two... Prince of Spit before you. Just go ahead now. Uh, oh, wait. I'll give oh. this guy another song real quick. A couple of deep cut Spin Doctor songs. Oh, no. Cleopat- Cleopatra's Cat. Oh, Cleopatra's Larrabee's- Cat and me. Yeah. Yeah. Larrabee's Gang. Uh-huh. And um, How Could You Want Him When You Could Have Me. Those are two solid songs. Three, even. Well, Matt, let me take it down a little bit and say we lost Adam Schlesinger from oh, Fountains of Wayne yeah. yesterday, and yeah. you should just put on Utopia Parkway and turn it up and oh, yeah. break the knob off. Welcome, Interstate yeah. Managers. That's another record. He's He was so great. I know. Ugh. That was a real loss. And and did he have any complications, or did coronavirus just get him? I don't know. I, don't, I wouldn't like, speculate. I mean, did he, he have a compromised was, immune system or some sort of yeah, pre-existing because he was thing going younger, on? younger than you usually hear someone being fatally affected by that. That's so sad. I know. There. Okay, Wesley, you got so much music to go dig up now. Spin Doctors, Fountains of Wayne. It's gonna. It'll be a long day for you, but it'll be a good day, and it's yeah. gonna rock. What else? What else are you gonna do right now? Yeah, probably nothing. Speaking of that. Uh, do you want to go uh, forward in time now to this email from Sarah Shea? That if said, it's the one I think it is. Speaking of Lukenbach, Texas. Oh, hey, my yeah. boogies, when you referenced Waylon Jennings' Lukenbach, Texas in one of the mailbag episodes, it got stuck in my head, and I kind of ended up writing an entire parody of the song. Sorry my version doesn't have that sweet pedal steel part, but hey, who do I look like? Mark McConville? <laughs> anyway, please enjoy my rendition of the song, which I like to call Hannon Mozart Mechs Them. You got that, Matt? Say it again. Oh, Hanen Mozart mechs them. So you got Luke, Han. Oh, nice. And yeah. Then N is just N. Bach, yeah. Mozart. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tex, mechs. Yeah. Us, yeah. them. Love it. Hanen Mozart mechs them. Nice. Well, now we've heard this song. It's wonderful. Should we play it as the outro to this episode? That's, I think, what we'll do. We'll we'll tag Sarah, uh, tag Sarah's song onto the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that because it's fun. And here's a spoonerizing joke for you. Why did yeah. TLC's Lisa Left Eye Lopez stop trying to eat veal with a trowel? T-Boz told her to stick to the liver and the rake she was used to. Well, call me when it's T-Bob. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. We'll play your song at the end of this here episode. It's a real doozy. I watched an episode, rather, I fell asleep to an episode of G.I. Joe the other day. Which episode was it? The first one of the five-part mass device miniseries i think which i think is season one where are you watching it is it just on youtube yeah man is it on amanda's account yeah that's why it came up she can't stop watching that shit 
I'm here I think to ne- vibe the windows. Oh, the vibe the windows, the greatest. We don't have separate Netflix. We have different users on our Netflix, too. Yeah, yeah well, Netflix you lets to. you do that. So does YouTube. YouTube lets you separate users, but they're different accounts. We don't use YouTube the way that I think most people do these days. Yeah. I'm hearing a lot of YouTube TV going around. People are using oh, that for... We have YouTube TV, but I also just look at YouTube, which I, I've got mixed feelings about because it's a bit social media, too, where you're just so many people's opinions, it starts to drive you insane. You mentioned yeah. you're you're putting your phone in a drawer on days. I'm kind of trying to do that, too. We've talked about this stuff before, but I'm also making a real strict no cable news oh, yeah, during no. this time. So we're we're sitting down to watch either uh, Lester Holt. We taped the seven o'clock nightly network news, like the old venerable news network news, which I really like. And uh, is it Nora O'Donnell on CBS? And that's been nice. And less phones, a little less. I'll take my social media apps off for a couple of days at a time. Yeah, and that's nice. But I'm going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Who isn't? Let's get out of February. We're almost there, Matt. We have three more emails in February. Okay. <laughs> Han Maboogi and Hans Mabubi. This is from <laughs> Joe Gar- Have, we, Joe have we said that before? We have said that before. Okay. Han uh, Maboogi. I'm Han Maboogi and you're Hans Mabubi. <laughs> sure. I wanted to start this letter off by saying thank you for all the great times with the shrimps and the silliness over the years. I am so glad you've been updating the family of listeners with the mailbag episodes in 2020. Since you are checking emails, I thought this would be a good opportunity to relay this message. Uh, In 2018, a couple days before Christmas, a few friends and I met up at a local high school here in the Sacramento suburbs. It says Sac suburbs. Sac burbs to throw around a football. My friend Zach and I took that opportunity to record a PSR-style podcast episode while we were there. We had a great time. I just wanted to share the episode with you guys. If you want to listen to it, I hope you do, but I can't force you to click the link or lick the clink. Did you write that or did they? They did. Would you like to hear your reaction? I would like to hear your reactions. We kept it under an hour. Thanks, and give our love to Kubich from Joe Garcia. So I'll send you the link to that guy. We got a... We got a link to the podcast inspired by Pistol Shrimps Radio. That sounds good. Uh, has your podcast listening gone up or down during these All the times way of national crisis? Yeah, you know what? I've listened to three podcasts, the first of which is your wonderful podcast, oh. Mascots, which people, when you're done with this, in fact, sh- stop this. Go listen to <laughs> a real podcast. It's really good, Mark. Congratulations. Thank you very much. The next episode's coming on Stitcher Preems with our friend Ennis Esmer. Oh, that'll be nice. Talking about that'll some be Canadian nice. mascots. Oh, yeah. That's good yeah. stuff. He went to a high school where the mascot was a carp. Oh. I learned that Paul F. Tompkins and I had the same high school mascot. Oh, you did? Yeah, Remind Lancer. me what it is. I don't, I, oh, the Lancers. That's right. I thought it yeah. was like a crusader. That's very common. Like Knights, Is Crusaders, it? Lancers. Yeah, yeah. 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 Probably because of alliteration. Yeah. If you're Lacerna Lancers. Yeah. Yeah. Very common. All right. It's our pal Dustin Kreft. He oh. Wrote in. I just heard from him last night. 
Hey guys, during the last episode, one of our lovely boogies asked about a memorial for our little guy, Deacon. I would echo Mark and Matt and ask that if you feel compelled to donate something, donate to Peace Players International. It's an awesome charity. Thanks. Pistol Shrimps has somehow become a sizable part of my healing process, and these mailbag episodes are such a delightfully warm way to feel better. I have to say once again that I feel so lucky to be part of the Pistol Shrimps family. Sometimes after an episode, I write whole emails to the show in my head, and thinking through what I would uh, say is a helpful tool for processing. I hope that others can feel the same connection and uplifting bond that I do when I hear these two screwballs talking about Borg Gullet or Dire Straits, though I guess I don't need to hope, because that is happening! Dusted. Yeah. I got a real nice email from him last night. He's doing I well. It. I love it. Uh, Dan Padley has written in. I don't... That name is familiar to me. Some of these names are starting to cross over. I feel Isn't like that the way it write, should be? Because people are we're all going to grow old together. This yeah. is from Leap Day. Oh. Matt what, Mark. Which quadrecade... I've listened through the podcast three times now. It's already altered my brain chemistry. I spoonerize and find opposite words all the time, much to the chagrin of people in my life. But that's their loss. Thanks for the endless laughs. I'm comforted that I could throw on an old ep if I'm ever in sure, f- ever in need of a surefire pick-me-up. All the best, my boogies. Dan Padley. Matt and Mark McConville ballin' casket ballin' maiden rail. Boy, he puts me spooner. and Eliza do little, doing little things in jail. Me and Neach the doggy doing dumb flips down at Fallman's Cord. <laughs> I'm, I got my processors running pretty slow today. Yeah, me too. I got nothing. I'm running on gas. What? <laughs> Classical gas. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. You want another one here, pal? Yeah, buddy. Can you give your elevator pitch for a movie where John McClane teams up with his long-lost brother, Hondo McClane? Oh, boy. I'll read it to you again. It's from David Spaulding. Can you give your elevator pitch for a movie where John McClane teams up with his long-lost brother, Hondo McClane? Okay, now Hondo McClane, of course is the member of MASK, Mobile Armor Strike Command. And John McClane... the firecracker. That's right. Yeah. And John McClane, of course, is the protagonist of the Die Hard film franchise. He's, yes. He's a and, somewhat disgraced New York City police officer, always on the edge, always causing trouble, doing things his own way. He's probably not calling for backup. Well, they both went into a form of public service, but I think Hondo held it together better than John. And so maybe John's a little resentful. Maybe Hondo's the older child of the two. You think Hondo's older? Yeah, I think so. He's the more responsible one, and John's slightly more of a fuck-up, but he's also an improvising loose cannon who gets the job done. But John also thinks his brother's a real hotshot for joining this high-tech, new-school crime-stoppery Whereas he just needs a 30, 38 revolver and a badge to get his job done. He doesn't even need a, a uniform. He just needs a, a white tank top and a and a bad attitude. White for a limited amount of time. That's right. It's going to get dirty, dusty, and sometimes musty. And a little bit lusty. Hello, girls. That's right. So That's a line from the film. My thought would be that something happens in New York where John McClane is a police officer. 
yeah, Simon starts sending phone riddles and you got to fill up a bunch of water to save the world. We can't just do Die Hard 3 again and then have masks show up. Why not? Well, Simon died. Okay. The, the then, Grubers have a third brother. I never really saw, by the way, the um, the one with Timothy Oliphant. It's I've seen okay. parts of it. It's like it was on TV. It was on cable, and I would catch you know twenty minutes of it, where he's like, I'm assuming flying you a helicopter seen... into a subway tunnel or some shit. Right. I'm assuming you haven't seen the fifth one with Jai Courtney. No. What? Yeah. Yeah. There's another one where they go to Russia with his. He goes to Russia with his son. Oh boy. Okay. So, uh, well, first of all, I think. John McClane and Honda McClane are like Speed Racer and Racer X. Do you know about that? Do you remember Speed Racer? I don't. I mean, I know what Speed Racer is. I never really watched it. Here he comes. Here, here comes, comes Speed, Speed Racer. Racer. He's a demon on wheels. He's a demon and he's going to be chasing after someone. Anyway, his brother's this kind of like secret racer that is the real like... I don't know. He he helps him out, and he's in the shadows. Maybe that's what Hondo can be. He can be helping out John McClane from alleyways and I like, taxi cabs. I like the idea of the Mask movie with John McClane in it as sort of like Mask is this sort of shadow organization. Like it's a secret last level of defense against Venom and other major crime syndicates and terror organizations. So this thing yeah. happens in New York, and John thinks he sees Hondo, but it's a guy in a mask. And maybe he thinks Hondo is responsible for the for the violence, but really he was there to stop it. Right. Also, Hondo, at least in his firecracker mode, when he wasn't driving that weird-looking 57 Chevy, I forget what that one's called, but he had a, a not even a half mask. It was basically like an English cap that went over his eyes, so you could see most of his face. Right. And then what's Bonnie Bedelia doing? Oh. She's at home. She... Right? Yeah. Are they, She's are they fucking back Matt to- Tracker. <laughs> <laughs> and there's our elevator pitch for the John McClane, Hondo McClane. But we're in the elevator of Nakatomi Plaza, so stakes are a little high. That's right. Uh, Benjamin Bedley wants to know, uh, I wanted to tell you moments ago. How old am I, and am I aging backwards? (laughs) Uh, Hello, Mark, Matt, and Kubitsch. Just wanted to let you know, moments ago, I cast my primary ballot at my local polling place, which is none other than Lake Street Gym. Whoa! I've never I've li- or I've lived in the neighborhood for a few months now, and I understand how much the parking sucks because I have to do it every single night. Oh God! Oof! I mean, we've all, most of us have probably at one time in our lives lived in a place where the parking was shit. Yeah, and you and have now- to sort of rearrange your life to try to figure out how you're gonna put your car somewhere. I would say it builds character, and you probably have to go through it, but. I will do everything in my power to never go back to that again in my life. Matt, do you have any? I feel like I you have any neighborhood put in my time. Do you have any neighborhood parking tips? In my neighborhood, don't park on the street because Sylvia will call the cops on you. Because in Pasadena, you can't have your car parked on the street overnight, even when you're on a tiny residential area like I am, and they know that's our car. And ugh. but I'm talking about back in the day when you lived in. We both lived in Long Beach in. 
fairly populous parts of Long Beach where parking was a nightmare. I remember yeah. Christina would, we had a deal that whoever got home first would park in the street so that the, mm. she had a parking place, but only one. So we would right. park. That's a good, good idea. Yeah. It was like whoever got back home from their day first would park in the street. That's one thing you can Lem- do if you have a roommate, Benjamin. Be uh, honest. Would you ever sometimes go, uh, I'm not going to go home yet. Cause if I go home now, I'll have to park on the street. I was often the one who would come home later. Yeah. You know, cause I was, cause at, you were, I was at radio shack trying to build a device. <laughs> um, I was teaching night camp at radio shack. I was down at the night mall. <laughs> having a couple fizzle schmitzes. <laughs> really? uh, now I wonder if you would use rideshare like Lyft or Uber more if your car was parked probably. and you just, you know, you had a week before you had to move it. Yeah, just probably leave the house. That's what I would do. I think so. Secondly, a few episodes, you answered an email from someone named Pox holiday who hosts one of my other favorite podcasts about the Appalachian trail. Last summer, I backpacked 500 miles on the Appalachian Trail with Pencil Shrimps Radio in my ears much of the way. Thank you for wow. getting me through the days where all my gear was soaked from the rain and I smelled like real triker hash. Hiker trash. Much love, my bugs. Ben, Matt, any uh, any desire to hike the Appalachian Trail? Yeah, why not? I really, I'll I did go through a period where I thought I'm gonna, I want to try it. And then I did some research, and I don't want to try it. Five hundred miles. So that's that's prob- how many days is that? That's probably days. That's probably one eighth of the Appalachian Trail. It goes from Maine to Georgia. Oh, and you have to start. I think you have to start in the south and go north because if you start in the north, you ha- you can't start early enough. If you want to hike the whole thing, it's so cold that you can't camp. So you have to start in the south and hike north. Well, that doesn't make sense because by the time you got to the north, I, think, I guess it does. You can start early in the year in the south. I be- I'm, I'm just pulling this I out see. of my ass, but I think it takes three to four or maybe five months to do it. Oh, my God. You're just hiking and camping every day for half a year. Now's the time. How are you eating? You just have to eat bark. I see. I don't know. I think you okay. can get leaves as well. You can also eat leaves. <laughs> there's probably, it's not like it's completely uncivilized. And I'm sure there's literature out there to tell you like, oh, you stop in this town and you load up on supplies, but then you're backpacking wow. that shit. Not Forget many people it. can do the whole thing. Benjamin, I salute no. you. I'm sorry about that Benjamin Buttons thing. You probably get that a lot. I I couldn't. I it came out before I could stop myself. Hey Matt, sometimes it comes out of your mouth before you can stop yourself. So bad you can't sit down. So bad sometimes. you can't sit down sometimes. Yeah, yeah. This is from Aaron Jacobs. Hi guys, first time, long time. Three quick questions I've been wondering about. When you make love, do you look in the mirror? <laughs> Who do you think of? And does he look like me? Well, those, that's question two and three. So let's answer the first question first. When you <laughs> okay. make love, do you look in the mirror? Yes, but it's one of those fitness mirrors where a personal trainer is projected back at me. I don't look in the mirror because there's no mirror in in the bedroom. 
the mirror okay. we would have to be i would have to be making love in a room with a mirror but if i were doing that then yeah i'm looking in the mirror what about your mirrored sex room we it's being refurbished i see yeah question two who do you think of um i think of angela merkel yeah and i'm thinking of the first two seasons rowan atkinson from mr bean but the early stuff <laughs> okay does he look like me? Well, Aaron yes, Jacobs. All of the, does, do you look like Ang- Angela Merkel or Rowan Atkinson in his early, I guess, probably 30s, would you say, the Mr. Bean era? Are, are you part of a small boutique agency that represents lookalike people for parties that also request only Mr. Bean and Angela Merkel? If so, then if, yes. It, yeah, yes. That it, that the person I'm picturing, do, they look like, they do look like you. Yeah. That's a. I'm looking at these lyrics now, Matt, and they don't make a lot of sense. Well, think of that first pitched down spoken part of that song. If you have love in your sights, watch out, love bites. Well, yeah, I mean that's not a. That's just a different way of saying what's been said about love many times over. I know, but it's just weird to start with a spoken word pitched down. Like I mean, that's basically their their serious version of. Well, how else will they know how to start the songs if they don't have little funny, like, audio logos on the top of all their songs? That's true. They don't use set lists. Def Leppard famously doesn't use a set list. Someone has to say those little cues (laughs) to let the band know what song they're playing next. (laughs) When you make love. Do you look in the mirror? Okay, so that's one. Let's like think about Who this. Who's he singing? Who's he? Does he look like me? Who's he singing to? He's singing to his former lover. His former lover, not his current lover. I guess it's his former lover. It's got to be. I think she, he's insinuating that she's going to bone zone with some other guy, probably. Sure. Uh, let's say Klaus from the Scorpions. Yeah, but if that's the case, why is he asking if she looks in the mirror? Because he knows the answer to that question because they've been in the bone zone themselves. Or is that sort of like, is he twisting uh, oh, the knife? I think he's saying... Is he twisting the knife no, a little bit? I think he's saying, do you look in the mirror and you see the two people you're that are making love, one of them you, and then who do you think of? Does he look like me? And he's imagining she's looking in the mirror with Klaus from Scorpions, but projecting Joe Elliott from Def Leppard over Klaus from Scorpions. Well, if I could, and only... all the while the mirror personal trainer's in there too. If and it's like a, a haunted mansion two way mirror thing where Klaus from the Scorpions merges into Joe Elliott from Def Leppard, but Bruce the personal trainer in All Athleisure is also pasted on top of there and no one and that's what gets her off no one's breaking eye contact (laughs) and bruce is going come on keep going one more one more you could do it you got this let's go to another email here from patrick dangermond is that real the word danger and then m-o-n-d how would you say that's like no that sounds real but that's like french or italian for the world patrick danger world i like it Hi, Matt and Mark. Love the podcast. Look forward to hearing what's next. Question. What's your go-to order at a taco shop? That's it. That's the whole question. 
Go screw a Patrick taco. in DC. I might get two tacos. No, I'll get a burrito if they have it I, for sure. Yeah, if I know you, you're fail. you're getting a burrito. Oh man. I'll I I'm not afraid of any taco. That's not true. I'm not getting a mushroom taco. That's not happening. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But most, no, I I wouldn't either. Mostly I'm gonna get whatever is good. How about that? Yeah. We got one from Sean Deegan. Bamoogies. Thank you. Love you. Go screw. I love your spoonerism talk. My favorite is when my nan told my brother and I to go play bundles and fuckets on the computer. <laughs> P.S. Mark, your, your and Paul's doodahs on Twitter have given myself and daughter a new fun game to play and claim to gay. Yours shrimply, Sean Deegan, as autocorrect once tried to name me Swan Dragon. That's from Sean. Oh, Swan Deegan. Dragon, meet Danger World. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Paul will post photos that have a caption that go to the tune Camptown Races. And it is a yeah. it is a race for me to answer back doodah. It's a fun little right. game we play. Does he ever do any that go to the tune Walk Through the World by Mark Cohn? I don't oh. think so. Hey honey. Oh, Marty's here. Hi, Mark. Hi, Amanda. Okay, bye. Oh, speaking of this, look what she brought me. What? Two tacos. It was really funny when she just came in the room. Matt and I are doing this with the Zoom app where we can see each other via video chat, but he's got a fake speedboat background up right now, so Amanda (laughs) just walked in and tacos came out of the lake. (laughs) Uh, fuck off, Excalibur. You got nothing on these chicken foldies. <laughs> chicken foldies. Um, I apologize for any noises. I'll try to keep them to a bare minimum, but these are too good to not eat. Oh, boy. This, Matt, you want to take a serious question? Well, if we got to do these in order, right? This is from... We can't, we can't have fun we, all the time. We've got to sweat the hard stuff, too. Yeah, all right. Well, let's get into it. What else are we doing? Kyle Crawford writes in, My guys, I'm a few drinks in and working after hours, so I need some real-world wisdom from some boogies I love and envy. I'm currently working a boring desk job that I don't love in an industry I think is environmentally unethical. But it's a company that treats me okay. I'm, slight, I'm maybe slightly overstressed, but not overworked. And I make more money than I ever thought I would with an English degree. I think I'll do okay at it, but leadership seems to love me for whatever reason. I think I do just okay, but leadership seems to love me. How do I balance having this quote-unquote good job with every day being forgettable and feeling like I waste my precious days on Earth? This is such a goddamn first-world problem, and people around the world would kill to be in my situation. My personal life is pretty good, and I have plenty of hobbies like playing trivia, cooking elaborate meals for friends that I look forward to. Do I just stick with this job that allows me to have a good personal life but traps me for like 45 hours a week, or do I try to follow a passion, whatever that means? There's almost nothing I look forward to more than an evening spent in the kitchen listening to Shrimp's Mailbag. Please keep doing them. You actively make my life better, Kyle. Mm. That's a tricky question. I think they covered this on the big ones even. I don't know who it was, but listen, I think because I'm I'm one of those people, I'm a, probably a pragmatist, and I would say, why not search actively for a better job while you've got this job? If things are not great job-wise, but are at least keeping you in a good place, you've got nothing to lose to search far and wide for your 
dream job, whatever that may be, while still having the security of this job. I wouldn't recommend you just throw that job away and follow your dreams, but yeah, what do you say, Mark? Well, you you made me think of my uh, my dear departed grandma. We lost grandma a couple weeks oh, ago. Yeah, and she used to say, "You can't quit your job till you find a new one." She had real I tend to agree. sort of kernels of wisdom. So as much as I can. Uh, I can't relate to the situation of working for an environmentally unethical job. That's the thing that kind of stood out to me. Uh, oh, I forgot about that part. That part is hard to... to, to Wait, s- did this person write into the big ones? Because it sounds so familiar. It might be the same person. I mean, it's it's you live with one of the people from the big ones. Maria Blasucci. That's right. So, yeah, like that's tough, but I also think it's... I think it is foolish to just up and quit a job without any sort of idea of how you will keep the lights on and that sort of thing. I think that maybe is not the greatest idea. Yeah. I say just start looking. That's what I say, and then, too. Then give them the big environmental finger. <laughs> just covered in leaves and bark that you got on the Appalachian Trail that you just couldn't bring yourself to eat. Yeah, and Ellen Barkin's there. Yeah, and she's just singing an old Marcone tune. She might as well be, because I may have said this before, but I saw her talking to herself in an airport once. This is an email from a person named Finn Hogg. Hmm. This is going on longer than Lord of the Rings, but with better singing. That's the subject of this email. Saw you being great at London Pod Festival. Any plans for Superego Shrimps? I was there too. Anything? Return to the UK. I would love to go back to the UK. Yeah, no current plans. There was talk, Matt. Myra and I would go out there for the Bond premiere. As we know, that didn't happen. And I don't think that was going to happen in the first place. And I, Logistics are not the strength of the James Bonding podcast. Yeah, and travel is not exactly the... It's not recommended currently. Mm-mm. No, um, but yeah, we'll if it if it's coming, we'll let you know. You can follow us on social mm-hmm. media, and we'll be posting anything we're doing. Also, as an amateur house builder, Matt, when you go screw, what do you use? Oh, well, it depends on the materials. Okay, when you're um, when you're just building, you know, an idol to a false god out of stones um, you find around your neighborhood. I use an agate quartz feldspar hybrid uh-huh. that I worked up in a lab. Okay. And what if you were building a woodshed for dummies? Um, well, then I'd say, get a bunch of corrugated tin, you idiot. You won't know the difference. Now get off my lawn, you reefer addict. Okay. And what about that optical shop that you built? What What sort of screws did you use when you built that? You know, for eye exams and trying on glasses, oh, contact fittings. I just that office went that to my built. supermarket. Oh, yeah, I went to the supermarket checkout and bought a bunch of those tiny little eyeglass kits and used those microscopic screws. So, yeah, it, does, it just depends on the job, I think, maybe is the answer to that question. Make sure to magnetize the heads of your screwdrivers. It makes all the difference. These are great tacos. <laughs> Amy Devereaux from Melbourne. Melbourne, Australia. Hey, my buggies, emailing in hopes of keeping this going for at least one more mailbag episode, echoing the calls to put your next project on Patreon, which I would 100% support. Mark, I'm looking forward to your mascots podcast. Have either of you had firsthand experience being a mascot? 
No, I have not. Matt, have you? Um, no, but I've done similar things for like special events. I think at Disney when I was younger. Yeah, we we both have done things where it's like, oh, it's the cowboy or the it's the. Yeah, Look. it felt like it, and it did not feel good. I can tell you yeah. that much. This person, Amy, says, I had a brief stint as Billy the Blood Drop, the mascot for the Australian Blood Service. It was a huge red droplet with eyes and a mouth, and everybody assumed it was either an M&M or an anthropomorphized sperm. <laughs> Once we had an ill-advised partnership with a rug- rugby league competition, and I had to spend hours before the game marching up, up and down outside the stadium trying to promote blood donation and instead getting assaulted by guys who kept trying to climb inside the suit. My arms only came out of the suit at the wrist, so all I could do was flap my hands ineffectively while tripping over huge shoes in an attempt to escape. I don't recommend it. If you guys ever come to Melbourne, would love to shout you some beers and thanks for the joy you've provided through this silly show. Thanks for everything, Amy. Hmm. I spent two weeks in Melbourne once. I loved it there. Oh, yeah. I've never been to Australia. I went to that museum and I saw Mad Max's charger. He left his phone, though? <laughs> yeah, because there's no electricity anymore. What did he care? This is from Tim. Hey, guys. Thank you for releasing all the episodes again. I was missing a number of them. While listening to the first season again, I was pleased to be reminded of these milestones. Mark was the first person to break into overly loud singing. Oh. Interesting. Does he say what song? No, he does not. Colin Hanks kept popping in to co-host. Colin's a big fan of the show. Loved having Colin on there. T-Braid was identified in a very early episode. That makes sense. Yeah, T-Braid's a, a mainstay of this thing. I am thoroughly enjoying re-listening to the shows. Wish you boys the best in future podcasting endeavors. Go screw from Timmy. Octavius Witcher has to be a made-up name. Hey, my bugs, just wanted to say I share a birthday, day, and month with you, Mark. My question is, do you see 1115 or a specific number a lot in your everyday life? I find myself seeing it a lot, and I'm not sure it stands out because it's my birthday or the university is telling me something. That's from Octavus Witcher. Matt's got his plate just right up on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Get that sauce off of there, Matt. We're in the apocalypse. I'm drinking taco juices, budgie. Uh-oh, Cassie's back. It's 1.09 p.m., and I'm feeling the phlegm. The Taco Slurper, only on Voodoo for Quibi. Octavia Witcher, Paul Dangermond, and the other guy. It's like a bunch of Bond villains wrote into the show. Oh, well, would it be so bad? I do not. Uh, uh, do you see numbers a lot in your life? Do you? Oh, I've, I have seen numbers. The yes. film? It's not no, a film. The TV it's show? It's a TV show. I'm talking about, do you no, see I th- a, a specific... No, I think that can be explained by basically confirmation bias. You, that, na- that number is significant to you, so you would notice it more than other numbers. Yeah, like if Matt and I told you to just keep an eye out for the number HD6 while you're walking around doing whatever it is you're doing, you're probably going to start seeing HD6 everywhere. Yeah, high density six. Libby Taylor writes in, Hey, Mark and Matt, I'm the gal from Madison who sent you the Menards stuff a few years back. Mark, when did you stop doing comedy sports in Madison? Because I may have seen you perform there. According to my old high school planner, I went on 
December 9th, 2000, but I'm fairly sure I went at least once the summer before. It was my first time seeing improv, and I loved the hell out of it either way, but it would be cool to know I saw you way back then. Anyway, small world, keep up the good podcasting. So she's included images from her, her date book from 2000. And I would. It's her high school planner. Like she, this was an assignment for Poli Sci. Well, no, no, no. This is like a ca- like a calendar. I'll send you the photos, yeah. Matt. But she's got a couple of just guys with wings flying around that she drew. Um, <laughs> let's see. Friday, December first, two thousand. Rest was on the calendar. Mm. Um, let's see. She went and saw Dude Where's My Car on d- December fifteenth, two thousand. And went to mm. Kristen's party on the on the sixteenth, but yes, I was mm. still doing comedy sports then. Yeah, I probably was doing shows then still, because I left Madison in two thousand one. <laughs> Hope that answers your question, <laughs> Libby. <laughs> From the Spanish tips to the Liberty Bell. Oh, don't even get their lyrics right. <laughs> and I mean Mark, not me. Yeah, I'm not singing. Oh, walk through this world with me. Hey, walk through this world and the shining sea. Anyway, my um, one-man Mark Cohn tribute album will be coming out. April H. The cone are are you called the Coneheads? <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe a little just spelled C O N E H E A D S. It's probably a little too on the nose on that one. All right, Matt, let's let's wrap this thing up. What do you think? Yeah, that sounds good. Give me one last uh, get, make it good. This is from a couple days ago, but I I did see it and I wanted to bring this up cuz I think People are probably consuming a hell of a lot more media, TV, podcasts, movies, etc. I know the numbers on podcasting, and it's it was initially down fifteen to ten percent, but is climbing back up. It's down in the mornings because there are no commutes, but up in the afternoon as people tend to work from home. Advertisers are cutting back if they're travel or uh, event advertisers, but meal share kits and home goods and services are up. This has been Podcast Marketing Minute. I'm your host, Willie H. Blossos. <laughs> it sounded like you were reading that off of an email that's right in front of you. But you watched me. I know, but I can't tell if you're reading a thing or not. No, I'm. That's all. Uh, I'm. A, I'm with these commute people. I usually would either listen in my car to a podcast, or I would. We started talking about this and then stopped earlier. So, uh, <laughs> or when I walk the dog by myself, I will listen to a podcast. I listen when I run, and I've been listening to Mascot, and I listen to the rewatchables of the talented Mr. Ripley because Amanda and I watched that two nights ago. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, no, no podcasts. I guess I listened to I listened to a football podcast when I was shaving. Mm. <laughs> I listened to a shaving podcast when I was playing foosball. So there you go. Hey, this is. Can I just say real quick you can. Uh, that we watched the talented Mr. Ripley, and then I've come to learn that there are about four other Ripley movies, and they're all real low budge. Not all of them. One's a nice one from the '60s, but there's one like one with Barry Pepper as Tom Ripley. Oh. And one is John Malkovich. And so I think we're going to go down that rabbit hole 
And I guess we'll probably have to do a podcast. I don't know. Then you'll probably watch Alien. Alien. Because you got Rip, you got four movies with Ripley there. Oh yeah, and all Jack Palance versions of Ripley's "Believe It or Notch." This email is from Doug Avery. Hello, Matt. Wait, I know that name. Yeah, it's familiar name. It's fam- it's, it's familiar that- name. It is familiar name. Hello, Matt and Mark. I'm writing to get your professional opinion on when is the best age to introduce a younger audience to Pistol Shrimps Radio. I have a 10-year-old nephew, and I've been introducing him to some more mature comedy. I probably should have run it by my sister first, but he's already listened to both Obi-Wan Kenobi sketches. Okay. Those, as well as James Dr. Don Clarinetto from Super Ego. That's Paul F. Tompkins doing some paranormal call-in radio show parody i think he can handle some of the harsh language like bullshit and fornicate but pistol shrimps is a whole different level other fan letters you've read in the past come from families that listen together but i thought going straight to the creators would be a good idea all the best my boogies and go screw doug from ohio well, I think the best thing to do is to hook up an old telephone where you know the um the handpiece and the headset are different. Oh, like and a just like cut a, off like a tin can situation almost. Basically, but like cut off the handpiece. You don't need to talk into it. And just put the speaker playing Pistol Shrimps radio up to the womb of a pregnant mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what could go wrong? Mm-hmm. They say playing classical music while uh, while a child is in utero can help soothe it and maybe contribute to its future intelligence. Why not play a classical podcast? Yeah. Do you think, are we considered a classical podcast? Pistol Shrimp Radio Not a classic podcast, a classical podcast. Yeah. We're kind of deaf like Beethoven. Yes. In that we just don't hear things right. That's right. And it is, mm. I don't know, do you ever listen to Debussy? Guy was a weirdo. That's some of the weirdest music you can listen to. Oh, yeah. How about Dalib? Yeah, sure. How about... um? <laughs> How about classical music's Rob French? <laughs> How about classical music's... <laughs> Well, of course, then there's like, I don't know how classical you want to get, but from the Baroque era, there's Ernie Stitz. Oh, right. Don't forget about the Wagnerian ripoff artist, Peeper Okof. Austria had so many uh, great musicians and composers and such. Like Otto, yeah, Adolf Hitler. And Otto van Bismarck. And um, train, uh, car, um, uh, recreation, uh, um, con man. And camper Van Beethoven. And this has been Pipstal Campabios. I love you. I'll see you later, okay? Goodbye. His podcast that sound good and soft, eating licorice. 
I don't need my name in the scoreboard lights. I got my team and I got you with me tonight. Maybe it's time we got back to the basics of shrimps. Let's go to Pan Pacific Park with Maddie and Mark and all the girls. This bizarre show that we're Scores like those shrimp.